Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hulkcast. This time, it's a pleasure to introduce today's guest, Colin, who is editor from the Busby Babes, as we set our sights towards Villa's doubleheader, home and away against Manchester United. It's only right to start in chronological order, and that takes us to the famous four stands of B6. How are you, Colin? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's it's nice to have you on. Obviously, United just come off the back of a 1-0 win in the Europa League this weekend. Now, obviously, this weekend's fixture is the first between the two clubs. How are you feeling in general about it? Uh, you know, I I was feeling pretty good up until uh, Unai Emery <laughs> was announced as the manager. Um, he was uh, obviously the manager of Arsenal for a little while and had a good record against United there. And then uh, was manager of Villarreal when they beat us in the Europa League final a couple seasons ago. So um, Unai Emery's uh, terrorism ball against Man United is is not um, a memory I'm fond of. I'm hoping things go a little bit better for us this time around. I mean, for Villa fans listening, we'll get on to Unai Emery in a bit more detail later on. Now, focusing more on Manchester United, uh, like I just said, they've just beaten Real Sociedad 1-0 in the Europa League. Now, obviously, they'll have had a lot less recovery time before the game. How much do you think that could impact things this weekend? Um, I, I would hope that they're used to it by now. Um, and, and of course, you know, I mean, looking a little bit ahead, they play Villa on uh, next Thursday. So they've been doing this Thursday-Sunday schedule for a little while now. Um, I think one thing that I like about what Eric Tanag has done is he's rotated United fairly well. So um, Cristiano Ronaldo has started most, I think, pretty much every Europa League game. Rashford has come off the bench in three of them and then started at the Premier League at the weekend, uh, often as center forward. And then, uh, you know, some of that rotation has come down to injuries as well. So I think he's he's managed the fitness of the squad okay. And with Martial back in training, I think Jaden Sancho was ill, but he's back in training as well. Um, hopefully the forward line will be a little bit replenished by the time they play on Sunday. Now stick with me here. I'm going to keep my focus on Eric Ten Hag. What are your thoughts on how he's adapted to Manchester United? Because obviously a lot of people were questioning whether it would have been too big of a jump for him. Obviously, you know more about him than I do. How do you think he's fared with that pressure? I think he's done really well so far. Um, I think everyone kind of knew that his his MO was being an X's and O's kind of coach, as we say in America. So a coach is a lot more focused on tactics and things like that. But uh, he's honestly surprised me a little bit with his man management. I think uh, the Cristiano Ronaldo debacle a couple of weeks ago with walking off, I think he handled that really well. Um, and he's also taken it upon himself to find confidence and form in players who were lacking it last year, which, I mean, that was most of the squad last year, let's be honest. But uh, players like Marcus Rashford, um, who was a ghost of himself last year is suddenly, you know, is the player that we all came to love. Um, so yeah, I I've, I'm on board with the Eric Tenog project so far. I think he's, he's really taken the responsibility of the job and fixing the squad that he has now, in addition to, you know, planning for the future and things like that. That's really funny. It's as if you can see my notes because I did have down here. How did he deal with the whole Ronaldo situation not that long ago? I think a lot of managers would have got it wrong, but it seems as though he's got the best out of the situation. Now, for any Villa fans listening who maybe don't watch Man United that much, if you could summarise what is the meaning of an Eric Ten Hag Man United? So how does his team play and what could we expect this weekend? 
Well, so far, I would say an Eric Tenog Man United is an organized uh, Man United side. Um, and, and I think that stems a lot from the performances in the first two games when they lost to Brighton at home and then uh, just were totally annihilated by Brentford. Um, since then, they've put a lot of focus on you know playing a little bit deeper and really getting your defensive assignments down pat. Um, I think David De Gea has improved a lot in terms of communication with the back line, as well as, you know, uh, coordinating with the center back partnerships and knowing when he needs to come off his line. The defenders know when they need to cover for each other. It's just a lot more organized defensively than Manchester United were last year. Um, I think Casemiro has helped out with that a lot as well. And with that and with Casemiro especially has come a little bit of physicality in midfield as well. Um, I don't think we've seen the heights of what an Eric Tenog attacking team would be so far, just because things have had to change so much up front. Um, Marcus Rashford has started at center forward most of the time. And even though he's done well, he's not an out and out center forward. Um, He's still somebody who prefers to drift wide and become a playmaker in those areas a little bit. So um, I think the fluidity going forward is a little bit lacking still, but for the most part, um, I'm much ne- I'm much less nervous watching this site than I was uh, two months ago. Now, you mentioned Casemiro, obviously bringing in a five-times Champions League winner is a massive coup as well. You also brought in Malassia, Eriksson, Anthony and Martinez to shore up the defence. Now, with no Bruno this weekend, what sort of role do you see Eriksson playing? Do you think he will take on that responsibility or do you think there's another player in your mind that could step up? I would really like to see what Erickson looks like playing in the more advanced position. Um, he's not that much of a deep lying playmaker, sort of you know, what Pogba was asked to do when he was at Manchester United. Uh, but he's still been a very important player in terms of moving the ball forward for us. Um, I th- I think potentially Donny van de Beek uh, will play in that number 10 role in Bruno Fernandez's place. Uh, he did just return to the side he was out for a little while with an injury but um he made his first start today actually uh, against Real Sociedad so um I think it, it, we're gonna lack a little bit of energy but I, I I'm more comfortable seeing Erickson kind of ping passes around than I am with Bruno Fernandez so um I, I think it will at least have that going for us Now, depending on results this weekend, United could go back into the Champions League places in fourth. And, you know, unless you beat us by nine goals, you could overtake Chelsea on goal difference as well in third. Um, How are your thoughts for the rest of the season? Because obviously this is a season like no other, because for the first time ever, we're having to stop halfway through for the World Cup. Do you think that will give Eric Ten Hag a chance to gain momentum? Has it come at the right time for United? Perhaps maybe the wrong time and you don't want that big break? How do you think, how can you see it going for the rest of the season? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think I, like everyone else, am a little bit worried by how many injuries players are starting to pick up uh, with just, you know, how condensed the games have been. We saw this a little bit in the 2020-21 season um, with, you know, they've had to push games together for the sake of you know keeping the formats as they are. Um I think for a lot of Manchester United players the break will come at an okay time. I think Jaden Sancho probably needs the the time to work with Eric Tenog in that time. Um he was obviously a massive investment for the club and there's so much excitement about him as a prospect for the future, but right now he's just not in good form. 
and he hasn't been playing because of that. So he's going to miss out on the World Cup. And, you know, players like that will have that extra time on the training ground working with Eric Tenog. So I think that's a positive. On the other hand, you also have players like Bruno Fernandez, Dallo, Luke Shaw, Lissandro Martinez, Casemiro, Fred, um, and then forward, potentially Marcus Rashford is getting back in the England mix. These are maybe going to be players who are tired coming back after a long campaign in Qatar. And um, it, it just remains to be seen what, what the effects of that will be. But uh, for now, I, I think um, I'm pretty confident that Eric Tenog has you know, developed a good relationship and understanding of how those players can be used. And um, maybe this time off, he'll explore his options of, you know, ways to bring them back in over time uh, when the games pick up again in December. Obviously, Ten Hag hasn't been there for very long, really, in the lifespan of a football manager and how long they need to get it right. So I'm not going to put too much pressure on him here or too much pressure on you with this question. But from what you've seen so far, what do you think his ceiling is with Manchester United? How far can he take this team? Uh, yeah, that's such a tough question. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been wondering this myself. I think maybe just in terms of this season, I could see them challenging for the FA Cup or League Cup um, and, you know, Europa League as well. But um, it, in terms of challenging for Premier League titles, I just don't see it happening again anytime soon. Um, I think you know, I'm far enough removed from the Sir Alex Ferguson years now that I'm not you know, like, oh, Manchester United are just a couple players away or anything. I think uh, it's it's safe to say that they're far enough off of where Manchester City are and then, you know, the the Liverpools and now maybe Arsenal's of the world um, in terms of talent, cohesion, planning, and uh, hunger to go out and compete. I think if United are going to get to that level, it's going to take two or three years. Um so I, I have confidence that he will still be here in two or three years. Uh, just whether we'll be challenging for Premier League titles by then, I, I'm just not that sure. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see the journey in which he goes on. Now, let's move things slightly over to Villa perspective. Villa obviously took four points off of United last season and we ended up breaking our winless run at Old Trafford in the meantime. Obviously, it's going to be a completely different game this time around with two new managers in the dugout. And from a Villa perspective, making his debut in the Villa dugout, that is Unai Emery. His record against Manchester United is that he's won two, he's drawn three and he's lost four. However, they were with very, very different squads. What do you expect to see from him this weekend? Because he's only had three days on the training pitch, if I'm not mistaken. So what are you expecting from a United perspective of Ona Emery's Aston Villa? Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested in uh, how he approaches playing against United twice to open because I'm not sure I remember a time when a manager immediately took over and then played the same team twice in a row. Um, I would expect a little bit of a defensive setup um, potentially to hit, hit United on the break, take advantage of set pieces, things like that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of expecting a draw honestly in the premier league match um, just because it, it seems like you, Unai Emery would maybe approach this in a safe way. But at the same time, uh, I mean, this was part of the reason Villa were quick to move on to a new manager. Is they have some really talented players, and particularly uh, attacking. They have players that 
you would expect to be performing better. So uh, I mean, maybe he does go a little bit gung ho and trying to get something from this match early on. Yeah, I mean, it would be definitely interesting to see because from a Villa fan's perspective, we genuinely couldn't tell you what to expect from this weekend. Last time out at home, obviously, we won 4-0 against Brentford. And then that really lifted our moods after Gerard um, got the sack. However, then we made the long trip up north to St. James's Park and got absolutely walloped by the exact same scoreline there. So hopefully from a defensive aspect, Unai Emery will be able to improve that and we'll be able to see whether there's a little bit of the new manager bounce that is often banded about when when someone new comes in. What's your thoughts on his appointment as a whole? Um, I think it reflects... Uh kind of how difficult the Premier League is now in general. Um, it's it's not just that they have, obviously, the financial backing for most of these teams to go out and get players who would be, you know, top four players in a lot of other leagues, but um, the level of management in this league now is incredible. I mean, there's, there, there's so many talented managers, and I, he's another one who... Um, you know, I, I think he had a little bit of a tough break at Arsenal. He had to follow up Arsene Wenger, which I think in retrospect, we can all say was a d- more difficult job than it seemed at the time. Uh, I think a lot of people were, you know, expecting, you know, Wenger was just past it. And that was a job that, you know, somebody else could just walk into. Um, but he, he has experience coaching in so many different leagues and he's such a, a talented, uh, tactical manager. Um, I, I, I was impressed with it uh, in terms of, you know, Villa being able to go out and get him from Sevilla. But um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit scary <laughs> as a, as a Manchester United fan, because it's not just now, um, you know, you don't have to just compete against the other big six teams or whatever. If you want to win the Premier League, you, it used to be just, you know, as long as you don't lose against those teams and you can beat the rest of those teams, beating the rest of the teams from the quote unquote big six is so much more difficult now than it used to be. I mean, I completely agree about the following uh, Arsene Wenger quote. It almost felt as though it was an impossible job and one that I'd liken to the one that David Moyes had to do when Sir Alex Ferguson left. When someone's been there for so long and achieved so much, anything is probably a failure when he goes in. Now, it's quite difficult to talk about the Premier League match this weekend because obviously we really don't know how to predict both teams not having much preparation time in the fact that Unai Emery's only had three days on the training pitch, whereas United have obviously played tonight and have to make the journey back over from Spain. So we'll focus our attention on the cup game next Thursday. Now, this is a really interesting encounter for me because Unai Emery has a very impressive cup record. I think he's the sort of manager that is very good at knockout football. He knows how to set a team up not to lose, and that it, that always fares better in the cups than it does in the leagues. However, for Eric Ten Hag, this is obviously the first cup that he will have played in for Manchester United, but obviously bar um, international. So is this will be a massive chance for him to impress. What can you see from the game at Old Trafford? Uh, I'm a little bit more confident about that one. Um, Old Trafford's turned into a little bit more of a fortress than it used to be um, for United this season. Um, it, it is on a Thursday night, so maybe the atmosphere won't be quite like, you know, if it was a Champions League night midweek or something like that. But um, with the home crowd behind them, playing in a cup where you know, if you're the manager, you look at this as, you know, if you can win a trophy this season, you you buy yourself a little bit more good grace from the fans who have been pretty harsh on managers in recent years. So 
um, I would expect them to go at this with the intention to win the thing. And um, I'm also hoping that uh, Anthony will be back by then and potentially Anthony Marcial will be back by then. So this will be a time to put out a a stronger front three than we've seen in recent matches. Um, Maybe just try and go get some goals. Um, You know, I, I think I, I said Villa, you know, has plenty of talented players, and I meant that. I, I think they have a lot of players that I would maybe even like to see in my own uh, at United's in United squad. But um, I am thankful that Ashley Young is not our left back anymore. So if, if we can get Anthony uh, at right wing uh, going at Young, uh, that would be a good sight to see at Old Trafford. I'm sure. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here. I might be putting too much pressure on United, but. If United went out in the cup here, could that potentially define their season? Obviously, you won tonight and in the Europa League, you'll be facing, I think, one of the teams that have dropped down from the Champions mm-hmm. League. So that's not going to be easy. Obviously, the Premier League gets harder and harder each year. And that that race for the top four and that fourth spot in particular seems to be hotting up between quite a few clubs. And then the FA Cup is as unpredictable as ever. So... As a neutral for United, this probably seems as though the best chance for Eric Ten Hag to get his hands on the trophy. So if you went out here, could that potentially define whether your season is doomed as a success or a failure? I don't know about define it, but I do think it'll definitely leave a bad taste in the mouth going into the World Cup because of I mean, the proximity to when the World Cup starts. I mean, this is one of the last United matches that we'll see for two months or so. So... Uh, yeah, they really do need to win this one. On the other hand, though, um, if they do get knocked out here, their January becomes a lot less congested. So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe in terms of trying to, you know, get back into the swing of things when it comes to the post world cup form, it would be a little bit more difficult because FA cup is happening at that time. Then you got the Europa league starting back up in February, and I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, obviously, but um, that that's just a lot of games to play at one time. And they also have, uh, we still have two Premier League games that we have to make up for that were canceled after the Queen's passing. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. Looking at the World Cup and how it's congested all the fixtures together, I think we could see a real shakeup, not only in the league, but also in the Cups with the rotation. Now, speaking of rotation, for a Villa fan are we expecting a rotated united side in the cup who who do you think will play and who do you think eric ten Hag will drop i would think bruno fernandez plays in the cup just because he's missing uh the premier league match um potentially cristiano ronaldo plays because he the trend has kind of been you know he he sits in the premier league and then plays in europe so maybe they would keep that up for the cups um and I think we might also see Tyrell Molassia come back into the side. Uh, Luke Shaw's had a good run, um, but he he has played, you know, some maybe more minutes than people thought he would. And, uh, you know, good on him because he's found form again. He's probably going to the World Cup with England. Now with Chilwell out, he's probably set to start. Uh, but also I think that Ten Hag is somebody who wants to take advantage of those positions that he does have depth in because that's that's not the case for a lot of his other positions. So anywhere he could get minutes for Malassia, I think he would take advantage of that as well. So uh, yeah, and then I think it, it would be a good match for Jaden Sancho to come back in. Um, he's obviously a player that Eric Ten Hag doesn't want to just alienate 
and at some point and you know sell him in the future i think he's a player that would be really useful for him going forward and the club have made a big investment in him as well so um and, and you know on that note uh potentially harry Maguire as well because uh victor lindelof came back um but there's only one other healthy center back so i think he would want to maybe keep those rotating as well i mean i personally can't wait Obviously, Villa won and lost to Old Trafford last year, so it'll be really interesting to see how we fare this time. Now, the question that I ask everyone before we play them is, if you were a neutral, obviously you know a lot more about United than any Villa fans listening to this will. If you were a neutral here and you had the knowledge of United that obviously you do now and you had to put yourself in Unai Emery's shoes and you were taking charge of Aston Villa this weekend... How would you set up your Villa team to be able to exploit United's weaknesses? I think I would do something similar to what West Ham did at the weekend, which was maybe not press super high, but as soon as the ball comes into midfield, that's when you need to start closing down. Um, particularly play close to Cristiano Ronaldo if he's if he's in the side. Uh, his first touch is not what it used to be, so there's plenty of chances to pickpocket him. And um, take just take away the middle of the field, I, I, I would say. I think United struggle a lot finding a center forward presence and sort of sustaining attacks when they they don't have Bruno Fernandez and whoever's playing center forward on top of their game. And when you restrict them to the wings, um, it just kind of it, it narrows their options offensively. And for a team that has already struggled to score more than one or two goals, um, I think I think that's gonna that's set to continue um, for United until they start to figure things out or they get more consistency in terms of who's gonna play up front. So um, yeah, I I would say uh, on set pieces, put the ball in in areas that are questionable for David de Gea whether he wants to come out and get them. But he's actually been pretty good at that this season. <laughs> um, he he's uh, he's impressed me a little bit. I'm not sure if it's gonna get him the contract extension that he wants, but. Uh, for now, at least, he looks uh, back to his old self a little bit. Well, Unai Emery, if you're listening, there you go. That That's how you get the best of United. Now, I've got two questions remaining, and they're both as difficult as each other. And the first one is your score prediction for this weekend. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. And then for the cup game, now, obviously, that's impossible pr- to predict. But if I had to push you? Uh, I'll go 2-0 United in the cup game. Uh, there we go. A draw this weekend and then United to progress in the cup. Now, this leads me on perfectly to my last question. And I always like to end the podcast with a non-football related question that gets passed down through the guests that I have on. And the question for you today is what three United players would you want to have if you had a bobsleigh team? So if there were four of you and you were one of them, what three United players would you want to join you? On a bobsled team? Um so I think Wayne Rooney, uh, prime Wayne Rooney. He seems like he's got the energy and the enthusiasm for it. Um, hmm. I, I guess you want, you want people who are more aerodynamic than like big, wouldn't you? So I guess David De Gea. He's he's pretty he's pretty skinny and lanky. Um, and then Roy Keane, just you know, for the leadership, I guess. <laughs> Roy Keane, what an answer, <laughs> what an answer. So now obviously it's your turn, uh, a non-football related question to be passed down and if it makes any influence then it will be a Brighton person that we'll have on. Uh, hmm. 
I love seeing people's faces as I throw them <sighs> under the bus. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's, it's non-football related, but still sort of maybe Brighton related. Yeah, it doesn't um, have to be Brighton related. It could be what's your favorite food. Um, what I would I, okay, this is a good one for Brighton. What breakup song would you associate with Graham Potter leaving for Chelsea? Oh, what question! I tell you what, the questions are getting better and better the further we go down. That That's brilliant. Thank you for that. That's absolutely perfect. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap things up. Uh, massive thank you to Colin for joining me. This wouldn't have been possible without him. If you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at ColinTheShots95. And while you're there, check out the Busby Babes, which is the same as they're at, at the Busby Babes. Follow us if you're not already. And if you're new here, at 7500 to halt. I've been Sebastian and thank you for listening.